In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. You're very welcome to the Brendan Option, coming to you courtesy of Immaculata Productions. I'm Father Brendan Kilcoyne. If you like our work, would you please hit the subscribe button? Uh, maybe you might um, uh, send us something via Patreon or PayPal. Keep the comments coming and keep us in your prayers. I'm not talking to you. Yeah? I remember that when I was a kid. I got it said to me quite a bit. I remember when I was a kid, this sort of primitive excommunication. The little excommunications that would go on among us. Everyone would stop talking to somebody. It was pretty atrocious bullying, I suppose. I had it done to me, but then I joined in when it was done to others. I'm not talking to you. We're not talking to you. I just want you to consider what's being talked about in the church at the moment in that light. All this talk about a schism. Now, a schism is a split in the church. It's a split in the church which carries everything with it, really. A good chunk of hierarchy goes along with the people, or a good chunk of the people go along with a chunk of the hierarchy. And so, the, I mean, the great schism would be the one between East and West, and then and then I suppose initially, yeah, a lot, a lot we, we would describe uh, the Reformation, the so-called Reformation, okay, as uh, really a schism, you know, in the beginning anyway. Now, schism don't have to involve heresy as such, necessarily. Or they may not be, they may not turn on a point, a point of heresy. Heresy, if it's not there to start with, and it couldn't be completely absent. Heresy certainly will make itself felt. Heresy being where you simply uh, bash away and take your own version of the doctrines. Literally, that's, I think that's what heresy means. It means going your own way. Going away from the magisterium, from the, from the trodden path. Yeah? I just want to suggest to you that anyone who's talking lightly of that is either crazy or bad. I mean, if, I mean, if they keep it up and if they're not completely stupid. They're crazy or they're bad. Yeah? It is, it is, it is, the, it is a terrible thing. It is a lesion, a wound, a cancer on the body ecclesiastical. Her, um, excuse me, the split, the tear apart. And it has its roots in, I'm not talking to you. Now, there may be a perfectly good reason why you stop talking to somebody. There are reasons for imposing excommunication where somebody literally is put outside, not outside the church, but is put outside the, the, um, hospit the divine hospitality of the Eucharist and uh, has a whole load of other restrictions placed on them as well. I think that we should be doing our level best on all sides to avoid that. Yeah? Now, at the moment, we have the Synod going on. I think everybody should calm down about the Synod, left and right. The Synod has no power of its own. It is not an ecumenical council. And an ecumenical council cannot teach without the Pope at its head. 
always the Pope at its head. But the Synod is simply an advisory body to to, to advise the Pope. The It is the Pope with whom one deals. Yeah? In this situation, it is the Pope with whom one deals, not the Synod. The Synod can only advise. I remember five years ago, for my 30th anniversary, uh, through the good offices of uh, another priest, friend of mine, uh, I got to celebrate the Mass, the Holy Mass, in the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. We, I think we had half an hour. I think it was half an hour we had. I think I had about 20 minutes to say the Mass. You, 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 the yeah, the altar was up on it was up on a gallery. It was up on the next floor. And I remembered the racket in the church. It was the most glorious racket I've ever heard. Not like the racket that you have in most Irish churches before mass, which is considerably less glorious. Okay, where people are talking, um, you know, about profane things. Just, just just talking about ordinary things, just gossiping and nattering and blathering and talking, as, as, as one young man said to me lately, memorably, talking scutter. Uh, I won't explain to you what scutter is, but if you listen to the word, you know that it's best not to ask. Okay, it's Irish slang. No, no, these were the various liturgies that were being celebrated in different ancient languages. It, it, it was divine. It was beautiful. It was the family of God. It was the great might of, of the church. Yeah? Of the church. And, and, and the, the, the torrent of prayer going up to God. The various ancient liturgies. The clergy dressed in the different costumes. So I think the, the ones, I remember passing the Armenians and being intensely curious as to what was going on inside the little oratory. Yeah. I, I think the way forward for us is that we celebrate that more. And if we have orthodoxy, right? If we have orthodox teaching, I think any theologically consistent liturgy should be allowed. The old Latin Mass, the ordinary form, the new Mass, the use of serum, uh, well, that's the version of the old Latin Mass. Um, and, uh, the neocatechumenate have their, have their own approved liturgy. I think... I think we should just get on with being this huge dysfunctional gathering of tribes, quarrelling tribes, that is, that is the family of God, as long as there's orthodoxy. And, and you, some of you will say back to me, some of, some of the trads will say back to me, oh, I'll tell that to the Pope. Yeah, okay, hold on a second now. Pope Francis has been tough on the extraordinary form. And, and it's, I know it's been hard for you to take. I know it's been hard for you to take when you have to look at the fact that he seems to be perhaps a little more indulgent of the carry-on in Germany. But I would just point out that he was, he, that he was provoked to a considerable extent 
by a certain amount of strutting and posturing on the part of the Latin Mass people. I, what I'm suggesting is that as long as we have orthodoxy, and here I add another ingredient, plus manners and consideration, we have a chance at going forward together without another disastrous schism. And schism, it's a tautology, because schism is always a catastrophe. Right? It's a catastrophe. It's a seeping wound in the body of Christ. So I don't know. Can we do this? Can we pray to the Spirit for this, for the discipline, for the self-abnegation to do this? Is that as long as there is the wholesome, true teaching of Jesus Christ in the church, we will allow any reverent, theologically consistent, theologically orthodox liturgy to be celebrated. And we will let, not a cacophony, because a cacophony comes from the two Greek words, one of them being kakos for evil or bad. Cacophony is a bad sound. It's a sound that's all out of note and key and everything. No, no, it wasn't a cacophony. It was, I don't even know if this is a word, a calophony, from kalos meaning good. It was a calophony. It rose up beautifully as God was entreated, praised, pleaded with, reminded, loved in so many beautiful traditions and in so many glorious and orthodox ways. A pure and orthodox faith. And let us celebrate it with all the riches that history gives us. There is no need for this, I'm not talking to you. Even if we're quarrelling, we should still be talking and still be loving. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>